In this episode, you'll learn about the optimum management style, task-relevant maturity, how to use it to increase leverage, and why it's hard to be a good manager. As you learned in the last episode, the most important task of a manager is to elicit peak performance from their team. Assuming you now understand what motivates people, the question becomes, what is the optimum management style? Historically, what is seen as the best management style changes, based on the most popular motivational theories at the time. In the early 1900s, ideas about work were simple. Managers told people what to do, and if they did it, they got paid. If they didn't, they were fired. Leadership was crisp and hierarchical, with order givers and order takers. In the 1950s, management theory shifted toward humanism as people realised there were nicer ways to get people to work. Finally, as behavioural science developed, theories of motivation and leadership became subjects of carefully controlled experiments. The findings were surprising. No one approach was effective under all conditions. There is no single best management style. The optimum approach depends on task-relevant maturity. Your management style should change, depending on your subordinate's task-relevant maturity, which is a combination of their motivation, readiness to take on responsibility, education, training, and experience. This is all specific to the task at hand. It's very likely that a person will have high maturity in one job, but low in another. Likewise, people can have high maturity at a certain level of complexity, uncertainty, and ambiguity. But if the pace accelerates or the role changes, their maturity will drop. When maturity is low, the most effective approach is structured, offering detailed instruction about what needs to be done, when, and how. As maturity increases, the most effective style moves from structured to one focused on two-way communication, emotional support, and encouragement. The individual becomes more important than the task at hand. When maturity peaks, your involvement should be minimal. Focus on ensuring the objectives your subordinate is working towards are agreed upon and correct. You always need to monitor your team's work closely, regardless of their task-relevant maturity. The presence or absence of monitoring is the difference between delegating and abdicating a task. Avoid making a value judgment by thinking that a structured management style is less worthy than a communication-oriented one. Remember, a manager's output is equal to the output of their team and the teams they influence. You must focus on the style that is most effective for the subordinate's maturity. When a subordinate has low maturity, you need to teach them how you think and do things so they can later make decisions the way you would. If you can't teach your subordinate and transmit a shared set of values, you cannot effectively delegate. You need to raise the task-relevant maturity of your team as fast as possible. The higher a person's task-relevant maturity, the less time it takes to manage them. And once they learn your operational values, you can delegate tasks to increase your leverage. At the highest levels, your subordinate's training is complete and motivation will likely come from self-actualization which we know is the most potent form of motivation a manager can harness. 
But remember, a person's maturity depends on their environment. When things change, maturity changes, and you must adapt your management style. On paper, management by monitoring alone is most productive, but you need to work your way up to it. Even when you get there, things can change, and you may need to revert to a what, when, how mode of management. Deciding on the task-relevant maturity of each team member is hard. Even when you know, your personal preference tends to override logic and dictate your management style. We opt for either a structured or a minimal approach, either fully immersed in the work of a subordinate, or we leave them alone completely. Another problem is that we often see ourselves as more effective communicators and delegators than we really are. We also throw out suggestions that subordinates can perceive as marching orders, which compounds this problem further. A common mistake is to conflate a social relationship with an effective management style. Close relationships off the job can help create an equivalent relationship on the job, but the two shouldn't be confused. This raises the question, is friendship between you and a subordinate a good thing? If a subordinate is a friend, communication-based management tends to be easy, but what, when, how is harder to revert to when necessary? You must decide what is appropriate for you. Imagine delivering a harsh performance review to a friend. If you cringe at the idea, don't make friends at work. If you're unaffected, personal relationships will strengthen work relationships. 